welcome to another episode of Battering. Yeah! Batman Podcast. Thank you, Birch, for your enthusiasm. Sorry, I'm like really excited. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. It's going to be a good one. No, no, no. It's cool. It's my intro. It's my it's my fault. Introduce the show. I'm sorry. Couldn't even make it through the intro. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's hard. It's hard. Uh, welcome to another episode of Battering, Story Screens Batman Podcast, the show where we talk about all the Batmans in chronological-ish order. Today, we're talking about The Dark Knight Rises, the ending, the final note in the Christopher Nolan, uh... Batman trilogy. Um, this one comes with some mixed critical reception. Uh, I don't like it that much. <laughs> yeah, <I'm not. laughs> to be honest with you, I don't think I'm mixed on this. Movie. <laughs> yeah, um, this is off to a great start. Well, you know, it, it's it's definitely an interesting movie to talk about. Uh, I do think that a lot of people do really like this movie. I think a lot of people don't like this movie. I think this is personally my opinion i think this is one of the worst nolan movies which is hard to say because he doesn't really make a bad movie this guy um burge and i were talking about that a that's little bit at the bar that's before. my defense at the end of this yeah it's yeah. that that's kind of what burge is bringing up that this guy does not make a bad movie but before we dive into everything i'd like to introduce my my little boys who are always with me for the don't give me a look like that when i say little boys you love saying little so don't give him a look Oh, no. We're the Bat Boys. The Bat Boys. Well, not today. Because I'm joined by Tommy Lee Jones, Two-Face. Hey, how are you? Also Mike Burge. And Hi. the Clown Prince of Crime. The Jokester. Jack Holojetsky. Hello. And I'm your Alfred, the butler who guides you through Wayne Manor in all of its shapes, sizes, and time. So now we're here to talk about this movie. Um, I kind of gave my general thoughts on the Did we flick. say what movie we were talking about? Dark Knight Rises. I think I brought it up. Did we? I think I brought it up before. You alluded to it. I, I mentioned it. Um, time is a weird thing, like in Christopher Nolan movies. But it's very straightforward in this one. How do you guys feel about uh, It's not Dark that Night straightforward Rises? when you think about... I guess so. People seem to time travel Bruce to Wayne places. Bruce might have teleported a few times. He might have spent X amount of time... In a jail cell, in a pit. So I think this movie. I, I, I don't think Bruce Wayne is the only one that teleports in this. No, movie. Bane does some teleporting, and some Gary There's Oldman some teleports happen mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And Michael Caine teleports the fuck out of this. Well, he movie. gets he gets the shit out he of gets it halfway. The fuck through. out of this movie, He's real. Like, I gotta go make anything else with this. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I will lay the seeds for uh, later when I um, show up and return. then um, uh, yes, bye. We're getting See. better and better at the Michael Caine impressions every time. Every single time. Uh, the sound you're hearing is Jack eating ice cream. Yes. And the rest of it is us drinking beer. I'm almost done. So, boys, um, I, I'll get my kind of general... After watching this movie again, I want to give some background on how I feel about it. Uh, if you guys listen to our Dark Knight episode, where we're also joined by Jeremy Kolodzewski, who is just fucking great, might be better than his own brother. Yeah, which if who you would say, who if would you say that, listen to that episode and you're listening to this one, what the fuck's wrong with you? Well, well they, they, they might, you know, they might know that they already like the other Batman movie. They want to check out this one. I tried to get him to replace me on this episode, but he was unavailable. Yeah, so, well, yeah. He's, he's busy doing, you know. He's going whatever. to school. He's going to school. Yeah. And we're all just kind of done. Yeah. With everything. Yeah, we're past our prime. It's over. So, yeah, my kind of general past with the movie, because I, I do kind of like when we get into it, and we really did dive into that in the Dark Knight episode of, like, how the Dark Knight influenced us as maybe the reason we kind of do story screen in general, but also how we feel about Batman and how that's kind of a 
a really seminal and really important kind of milestone in all of the Batman movies. This movie is important for maybe a different reason, at least for me, because, you know, leaving Dark Knight being one of my favorite movies, going to this flick, I was like, I had such high expectations for this movie. The hopes were high. The hopes were high. I think I was 21 when this movie came out. Um, If we want to talk about, like, also someone who's involved in story screen and maybe involved on the cinematic critical journey, you're going to have a period or a hump where you're really pretentious and stupid. Mm -hmm. This might have been my peak or maybe, like, do the beginning of the downswing of that. But I remember going to this movie just, like, wanting to love it, feeling burned, and then just maybe unjustly kind of tearing it brick from brick oh. and just trying to destroy it. I study movies. Oh, I know a thing about... I'm Robert Anderson. Ms. Watching it again today, um, I kind of understand and have a little bit more empathy for why I don't like the movie and why the movie's bad. Or maybe not why the movie's bad, but why I don't like the movie and why and what I don't think works about it. You're growing. I'm an adult now. Mm-hmm. I uh, I can drink two beers instead of one. Nice. And my uh, I can't get any taller, but my beard gets longer, so that's always good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I left that movie. I remember seeing that movie with some friends, uh, hating it, being and but feeling really confused because I I kind of predicted I knew that like we're gonna have to have Bruce Wayne or Batman. Uh, quote unquote die at the end of the movie. I remember like kind of like kind of uncovering the beats and what was gonna happen in the third movie before it actually came out. And even though those kind of beats were there, I was like, I'm just not into this at all. And it, it really burned me. And then since then, you know, now we're getting these other Batman movies that we're gonna get into soon. But uh enough of my rambling. Do you guys have kind of your own stories or, or anything to add about this film so i saw this movie in theaters i like you i was very excited mm-hmm. uh the dark knight was very very good and yes. everybody liked it a whole bunch so mm-hmm. everybody was also hopeful and i also liked batman begins a whole bunch yeah so going to this i was like all right let's wrap up this trilogy it's gonna be sick uh, Tom Hardy is great. It's almost like there's no way this movie can be bad. Right. How could it be bad? How could it be bad? Chris <laughs> Nolan has never made a bad movie <laughs> before. How that. could this movie be not good? Everyone in this movie is great. So I think my viewing experience was somewhat unique because I went to see it in my local theater, which I've mentioned before. I'm not going to call it out by name right now because I'm going to dunk on it a little bit. I'm going to mm. throw a little shade at it. Throw some dunks. Um, the audio which at the time was already a bit, let's say, difficult with the whole Bane scenario. Yeah, we can get into the uh, the journey of Bane's voice. The audio was fucked, for be- lack of a better... Uh, Is this the theater's fault, though, or do you think it's the film's the spe- fault? No, the speakers, there was something up there with was the audio system on. in that theater, because it sounded like it was on, like, maybe 30% of the volume it should have been in a theater. Oh, jeez. Um, so That's it was, like, twist. real, real low. <laughs> That's a twist. So... The already muffled voice of Tom Hardy as Bane was completely fucking unintelligible at all. It it was like, and this movie is already like kind of tricky to follow. You got to pay some close attention to get what's going on in this movie. Yeah, I still, I kind of want (laughs) to, we're done with this part. I want to start talking about like what the plot of the movie is. We'll break that down a little bit. Because I'm confused. But it was not a great viewing experience on top of already a movie that's messy, let's say. Um, so definitely I felt the same. I don't know if I was maybe offended in the same way that you were, but I definitely was like, Ooh man. I felt offended, but in a privileged way that I can, can look at it now. Like I felt offended in like, 
I can't believe this movie wasn't made for me. Well, I Which mean, is like, no shit. But the thing is, this movie, I don't know who this movie is actually well, made for. I don't, you know. It was made for someone that wanted Chris Nolan to do three movies. And yeah. I, I bet if Chris Nolan had his choice, he would have done two. Especially post Heath Ledger's death. Yeah, that could have potentially thrown a wrench in things. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit. Burge, do you have anything to add to kind of this roundtable discussion of your past with this movie? Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> um, oh, one last thing I can tell you, watching it just now, I definitely don't like it at all. 100%. No, no, 100% you're not, it's solidified. I don't like it at all. Yes. Uh, uh, this movie is... Mm, two sentences. Please. This is not a good movie. Period. But. Period. Comma. No, no, no. But. Mm, semicolon. Semicolon. It has. Quotes. Many parts about it that are good. End quote. Period. Period. <laughs> Second sentence. I wish this movie as a whole was as good as all of its parts. It's less than the sum of its parts. It is very much. Yeah. Less than the sum of its parts. There are a lot of really cool things going on in this movie that would have acted as a... Not even... I don't want to say it's worthy. Not like a worthy sequel to The Dark Knight. But just as, like even as much as a competent sequel to The Dark Knight, there are many things in this movie that that's a great fucking idea Yeah, that come up sporadically all throughout the two hours and 44 minutes. It's I think a long, it is. It's a long one. It's a long movie. Yeah. And you uh, feel every minute. There's a lot movie. of things that come up all throughout right. that runtime that there's a lot of really cool things, but none of them coalesce together and make a really cool movie. And that's what really sucks because... Me as a movie watcher, I like to try and see a movie as it's meant to be seen, whether or not they fail in some points. And like, I really want to try and like, what's, what are the artists, what's the director, the editor, the cinematographer, the writer, what are they trying to get at? And this is a movie where it's like, it's so fucking rushed. It's disjointed. It's so big. Yeah. It's disjointed. That is like a big fucking hell. And, Actually, I was listening to uh, the the Babysitter podcast that Jack and Jeremy just mm-hmm. did beforehand, which will be up before this comes up. And check it out, check it out, check it out. And they used they used a word that was absolutely perfect for this, and perfect for the Babysitter as well. Yeah, which is disingenuine. It's a disingenuous yeah. feeling movie. It feels like they're trying to do all of the things that we as the audience want to see in a sequel to The Dark Knight. But because they really don't have those ideas, it yeah. comes across as disingenuine and they're trying to put way too much in there all at once and you really can't feel it. There are moments in there, again, that you're like, wow, that that really feels like the fire that we had, the spark that we had with yeah. the Dark Knight, but it never translates longer than a minute, and you if can, that. And you can feel that in Begins and in Dark Knight that the cast and crew and you know directors and writers behind these movies like Batman. 
And almost in like, I know it's mostly the same people making rises, but it almost feels in this is to, to go on your disingenuine, your point about being disingenuine. Um, it's almost like these people are just like, we're just really trying to make a Batman movie instead of making the Batman movie that they want to make. Right. Um, do you, do you remember how you felt when you first saw the movie? What, uh, the, well, even more special, <laughs> even more important than that, I think is, uh, <laughs> The way that they released the Dark Knight, like that first bank heist, that first scene. They released that, the Bane scene. They did, well, yeah, they like uh, if you went and saw what was the movie? Was it a the Dark Knight? Total Recall? No, 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 no. with the Dark Knight, if you went to go see oh. a movie, you got to saw you got to see the, what, the, the bank heist. Movie. Regardless of what the it movie was, is. I Am Legend. Oh, for the for Dark Knight. For the Dark Knight. With this one, it was, was it Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible Four: Ghost Protocol. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to go see Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible uh, Four. Uh, I, I love Mission Impossible Three. I think it's one of the best action movies ever fucking made. Mission Impossible Four is better than this movie. You want a hot take? There's your hot take. I've seen Mission Impossible Four, and it's not better than this. Not the movie. conversation for right now. Very interesting, though. I want to get back to it. But is that one Ghost Protocol? Or that's right? Ghost Protocol. Yeah. That's where he's like climbing on the side of the windows, like and that's that like literally like an hour worth of the movie. <laughs> it's him on it's the him crawling. <laughs> it's yeah, funny that you mentioned fine that. if the movie's only two hours long. The trailer for that Very movie. The only thing I remember from the trailer from that movie is him climbing on, on the windows. windows right? Exactly. Yeah, right. Huh. But no, yeah, so uh, they did that. The, they did the same thing where they were like, oh, go see this movie in IMAX. And you get to see the first 10 minutes right. of the new Batman movie. And the beginning of Rises is uh, a carbon copy of The Dark Essentially, Knight. Essentially, it's a heist. Well, it's, it's a, a heist. heist. It's a heist, but also it's it's your introduce, your introduction to the villain. The villain. Of the movie. He gets an unmasking. Yes, he gets, a, he gets a reveal. It's mm-hmm. a very... Um, He's got Littlefinger there. Littlefinger? Yeah. One well, of the greatest uh, character actors that we have doing in a, the world. Doing his American accent. Doing his know. shit. Mm. Well, I mean, like, I feel like... I, I think he's an Irish actor. And he's doing kind of like uh, the same like kind of British accent that he does in Game of Thrones for Littlefinger. No, it's American in this. But he's got a little bit... like He was in The Wire as well, and he did like a big Boston accent. Uh-huh. And he was just like, "Oi, why? You know what I mean? Will I park my car? Why? Yeah, why? Would you know? I really want to talk about. I don't know, Dick, about Game of Thrones. Okay, just yeah, no. it's, it's a Game show of... on HBO. It's uh, very, guess, very popular. I know a little bit of Dick about Game. It's of got Thrones a now. really great first three seasons, and then the rest are hey, have fun. It's here. Well, it's try. here for you." That first season of Game of Thrones it's is good. so good. Yeah, it's good. It's so good. And that second season, you never thought that it would go where it goes. But it goes there. Were you disappointed by Dark Knight Rises when you first... Or, yeah. Uh, were you disappointed by Dark Knight Rises when you actually saw the whole movie, though? The first... The, yeah. The first time I saw Dark Knight Rise... You left I being... It took a long time to like get there. We got there. I, yes. did not, I did not like it. I didn't. I didn't, um, I didn't dig it. I think it is but important I, to... I, I defended it in my own like weird fucking way where I was the like, thing well, that you do. I mean, they were trying to do this. They were trying to do that. But I had nothing to back it up because I'd only seen it once. Mm, right. Yeah. And that's how I felt coming out of it too. I was just like, eh, it's a Batman. It's it was okay. When I left, when I, left I had an okay... Something. 
spirit about me. I was like, well, yeah. it was all right. It's nothing compared to the Dark Knight. Or even obviously. Yeah. I really think my reaction was sort of like defense mechanism esque because I, I don't remember. I, we just watched that movie again, that and that was the first time I've seen it since I saw it in theaters. The first. This time. is my third time. I don't that. remember anything about that movie. This like, is my second time. Like yeah. there are certain well, scenes besides that stand the, out. The half, you watched a little bit. Of I before, watched like the first like 35, 40 yeah. minutes, and we mentioned that before yeah. on Batarang. Where I watched like the first 35, 40 minutes, and I was like, "Hey, yeah." Okay, that's a movie. Yet you were and able I to... forgot where it goes. You were able it, to quote it goes it just to those places into this weird thing where, like, you're like, "Am I watching a Batman movie right now?" And it just—it's weird because there's not a lot of Batman. Just, like, how do you how do you word what I'm doing with my hands? Uh, uh stretching, like uh, thin, taking Play-Doh? both Goom? of your hands, creating claws, uh, placing them in a. A, a vertical stance and then slowly Collapsing grappling them then... towards each other. Silly putty. Si- like, silly, well, silly putty. It's like yeah. your hands are all stuck with slime. I'm just really like, great it, radio. it feels so crammed. Oh, the whole pushing, movie. You're pushing in. Yeah, yeah I'm pushing in. in. Like, yeah, I'm pushing in. So your bottom of him has to... Yeah, this is a great visual gag. This movie's fucked. It's fucked. I think um, it's important when talking about this movie, to isolate and talk about the heist scene. This, I really want to spend some time on this opening heist scene with Bane because they did release this scene. I remember it was all over the internet. Once it was able to be streamed on the internet after its initial kind of like Mission Impossible release and you're able to watch it online, this was the hype machine and people were getting hyped, but there was controversy, mainly Bane's voice. I can't Uh, really understand what he's saying. This was one of the greatest movies ever. Listeners, I just want you to know that Jack and Burge put their hands on their face literally simultaneously into that voice. And it was uh-huh. fantastic. It's going to continue. You must suffer oh, I can do it too. Look at me. Story Screen Presents is one of the greatest podcasts you've ever heard. I wonder why I'd shoot a podcast before phoning it out of a plane. Why did I agree to this? It's called StarscreenBeacon.com. You can find us on SoundCloud. Please let me die. I was born in the dock. <laughs> well, uh... Crushing this plane. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Like it. Yeah, that's the whole scene. Look, uh, so moving so, on. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope you enjoy that reenactment of the opening. Tom Hardy <laughs> is really um, good in Dark Knight Rises. No, Tom I Hardy, think that he's great. I think Tom Hardy is also good with what he has, and especially Act One. Tom Hardy is fantastic. See, nope. and this is where we're gonna start. We're gonna start like uh, fiddling around because I think that this movie is jack shit. Yes, but I do think that there are several parts of this movie, whether scenes, character performances. Characters within certain scenes, their performances and that, that are amazing. Okay. And I will say that I we'll think see. that Tom Hardy is great in this movie. It's unfortunate, though, because the entire, just the nature of his character yes. is just ADR. It's fucked up. Yes. That was a huge thing where when they originally released uh, the first 10 minutes, that like plane heist before... MI for GP. Wow. MI for GP? Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible 4 Ghost, Ghost Protocol. Fuck. It was, uh, everybody complained <laughs> because they couldn't hear him. You couldn't hear the, anything he was saying. It was the original ADR. I think in the trailers before this 
uh, segment release, people were also complaining nope. about. They were complaining the fuck because. But then we actually see it in action. The it original like, one. Uh, you cannot no. hear anything so let he's me, saying. Okay, let me postulate something with you, Bat Boys. Here. Postulate me, because Dad. I disagree with you in that Tom Hardy is good in this role because I think, especially due to the ADR, it is so overblown. It is so over the top. I don't think he is ever at any point threatening in this role, which I think is something he is distinctly lacking from Heath Ledger's Joker because okay. Heath Ledger's Joker is cartoony and over the top. But fucking scary, and he owns and a scene, and, and he's he like a points. It. Yeah, Tom sure. Hardy sounds like a he's speaking into a, a microphone. Yeah, all the time. He also sounds like he is playing a cartoon character, like he is voicing over a cartoon character for most of his role. He looks like he could be scary, but at no point is he ever like a commanding or threatening presence. And I wonder. If his character would have played better, it had they left that original voice track in there with him and not re-ADR'd it and mm. not made it so... Because I think it's so clear, like, in the audio mix, it's his voice is so clear. A, it doesn't really sound like he's there. It sounds like... It really oh, yeah. is, like, very... The scene where he's um, tearing apart... Um, what's his name? Harvey Dent's picture. Uh-huh. And he's like yelling, and they're in, they intercut it in such a weird way because they're intercutting it with the Blackgate prisoners. Right, but he's outside having this monologue. He doesn't have a megaphone, he, but it sounds just like when they do him over, head. yeah, when they do him over the it's microphone, weird. it's like that. Just sounds like how he sounds to me. Yeah, and I can't argue that. It also sounds it like he really like, does sound microphone especially the whole time. that that scene that scene's the biggest offender it sounds I like he's too close to the microphone it's like clipping a little bit but it's too. also like because they're, they're holding it like right to the the thing it's just also weird like because his, his mouth yeah, they, they, sounds... they position the camera where it would be the the audience listening to the speech's point of view but he has no audience so he's being filmed and then that recording is being shown to the black I mean, that's, that's, prisoners that's nitpicking yeah, but this but like, is generally like, literally like the but it's like least a t- worst thing about no, this. I know, just, I know, it, but it's but just like one of the multitude of technical problems okay. that the movie has. I think it's very jarring, and I, it totally pulls me out of his um, role like immediately. I in did. That first I, I want to pull the conversation back because um, I do. Again, I want to isolate the opening heist in the movie because um, I, I do think everything we're talking about is great. But I, I want to talk about that scene in the movie in particular, and kind of position the question of is this a good opening to the movie so to to just like wrap put a bow on that sure, point absolutely i think immediately when you start hearing him talk it's jarring and it pulls me out of it and i'm no i'm not thinking about him being in this role and being an intimidating person in this role you I'm see it as like, like an adr how, just guy. how glaringly fake Post. his whole voice sounds yeah. and i wonder if that would have worked better with the audio being somewhat muffled but still, like, you could maybe make out some of the stuff he's saying. But, it's like, just because it would be realistic. Would that maybe be more threatening just to hear him kind of, like, grumbling under this this mask and, like, kind of sounding fucked up and a little bit crazier? I don't know. I'm curious. I would be very curious to watch this That's with the interesting. Original. I feel like. It's an actually, interesting yeah. point. Yeah. I could see. Like, the way the way sure. the Joker is, it's it's so. He's kind of, like. Garbled. Yeah. And you you kind of have to really pay attention to to keep up with him. But mm-hmm. the difference between Bane and Joker is the physicality of the mouth. Right. Not making any comparisons you know. with them. But I feel like... Yeah, no comparisons to the Joker. I feel okay. like Bane's presence might have been more intimidating 
if it, was... if there was like with this the idea like he's got this mask on his mouth, yeah, but he's not sounding like every character you think would talk like in like the game Clue. Mm-hmm. The Colonel Mustard is in the library. Yeah, he does sound like that, <laughs> and he's got the candlestick. And I think it's like, eh. they made it extra clear in that ADR, so it just sounds. It sounds, it sounds wrong um, all the time. again, it's it's disjointed. It sounds disassociated from the character. Yes. It sounds separate. And like you know, if anyone's ever looked at like uh, editing on like Final Cut Pro or Avid or anything like that, when you can see like it's not the, easy. You, it's not easy, but when you see like the video track separate from the audio track, and then when movies make you like think about those two different things, yes, that's the only thing you see. Yeah, and and I think that's the only thing you're seeing. In the yeah, movie. it's hard to disassociate that from mm-hmm. what's going on. It's hard to like um, be engaged in the scene because you're constantly you're kind of being taken that. out of it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of if we not let's not say forget Bane's voice in that opening high scene, but, uh, but put it on the back burner. But. Sure. If I may, real quick. Shoot, please. And you can shoot off of this if you want. I will. I think that Bane, as he as he progresses in the movie, because mm. he's pretty much like heavily involved in the first like thirty five minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then he kind of like mm, goes away, and then he comes back in the end a lot like how Batman kind of shows up in the middle for a little bit and meh, goes away, and then comes yeah. comes back. Batman's role in the movie is definitely. <laughs> Yeah, limited, let's say. I think that it's... When you're dealing with the Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker being the thing that everybody is comparing whatever you're doing to, they're like, all right, so we're doing Bane. And everybody's like, Bane? Who's Bane? The guy that was like monkey business or whatever it is monkey work in uh batman and robin there's not a lot to go on with that yeah and they're trying to create bane as this like intellectual who's like also this force to be reckoned with because uh that's how he's portrayed in the comics yeah that's how he is in the comics he's a he's a a intellectual but he's all he's He's the brain and the bronze. He's, he's the, kind of your yeah, cake, right. and you yeah, can eat it too. It's like know? it's like uh, Batman. He fought against his teacher, plus uh, a person that was pretty much just like a metaphorical symbol of his entire ethos, which was fear. Yes, he fought against Ra's al Ghul and Scarecrow, and he beat him. And the second one, he meets a person that is just the absolute antithesis of what he is it's yes. i am you only flips flipped opposite chaos here we go no order chaos and then he also had two face thrown in there which was a nice meeting of the two yeah two sides of the same coin face is much more i feel like two face is the antithesis to bruce wayne whereas the joker is the antithesis to batman right um, but whereas Bane, which I think is where your point's going to, yes. Bane is kind of the prodigal son of Ra's al Ghul, um, which should have been, Bane is on the throne that Bruce Wayne was going to be given. Because Bane is now the leader of the League of Shadows. Well, he's... Well, I guess Talia is, Bane well. is, Bane, both, both Bane and Bruce Wayne are, um, forgotten sons of the League of Shadows. They were right. both cast out. True. But Talia one came in a back more to... formal way, and one at like, well, it's all fucking over. Like we have no yeah. idea where the timeline of the League of Shadows lays. Like where they were like, 
kill this guy, Bruce Wayne, because we got to go to Gotham and like, and gut that shit. And he's like, no. And then it, that yeah. thing burned down. Like, that's not the only place that's the League of Shadows. There's obviously more going on somewhere. And Bane comes from a more uh, distant relative of that, where he was also kicked out because... I mean, the way they make it seem in the movie they is... kind of just, like, shovel out under the rug. Yeah, like, uh, uh, me. Ra's al Ghul is kind of like, so eh, you're not supposed to be here. Yeah. Even but, though he, like, because he's a criminal, he's, he's right? Sa- he like, saved Talia. He's in that prison. No, they don't really say what the justice system well, is. Well, we'll get to that fucking but, stupid prison. The Lazarus Yeah, bit? that's... It's, 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 Bane mm. is, is not really a foil to Batman, but he is very similar in the way that he is... He's he's not the antithesis where the Joker is complete chaos to Batman's forced order. Yeah. Bane is is yeah. also forced order. And if you think about it, Bane is a mastermind and a planner in yeah. the same way that Batman is. And he also has the bronze in the same way that Batman does. I mean when you see they the end of have, the they have different motivations. Right. And when you see the end of the movie when you have these two armies fighting each other, one being Batman's army and one being kind of Bane's army, very reminiscent of Frank Miller's uh The Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight which Returns. is very the DNA of that graphic novel is sewn very deeply into this movie. It's a little bit Nightfall, a little bit di- Dark Knight Return. It's a lot of stuff That's going the, on. They, I think I think that they take that that middle ground where, yeah. in this movie, Batman meets up with Bane, and they have that big uh, battle down yeah. where they're kind of they're echoing a, a little bit of Nightfall from mm-hmm. the comics where Bane breaks, uh, breaks back. Batman's back. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a little bit of that fight in at, towards the end of the first uh, part of the Dark Knight Returns, the Mud Pit, where yeah. he, where Batman goes in and he fights like the big uh, mutant boss and overlord, he gets his ass and it's hit. all the odd, yeah, and, and like Batman beats the fucking shit out of the mutant overlord in that. Yeah. But it's kind of a reversal connection with Not Nightfall, the first time. where Not like, the first. he gets his, he gets his ass whooped and he has to go kind of like. He has to heal up, and then because he's fighting the mud monster as an old man, and the mud monsters or the mud mutants just like you can't fight me like this. Right. And then Batman comes back, and he starts fighting him with his brain, his brain, and not his fists. Which they, uh, right. they there's a little nod to that in Batman Begins, also when mm-hmm. he's fighting all those goons in the mud pit. Yeah, and he starts kind of like, and even even in it's a little bit like that in Dark Knight Rises when he first fights Bane he's just kind of wailing on him mm-hmm. and then when he fights Bane again he, what does he go for? His mask. Mm-hmm. He's just like oh those things look like they What you mean? That looks vulnerable. Yeah. That's the <laughs> obvious <laughs> thing to go for. Yeah well you know. That thing looks sensitive let me just like hit that Instead of bunch. punching you in all your hard meat I'm gonna punch, punch you in, you in your weird, like, your mask weird metal thing. thing. You know Chekhov's uh, crab oh, face. Boy. It is crazy how big they make him look. Mm-hmm. There's some, the one thing where he's crouching down and this. you see his like And spine. then when you start to see him like actually in character with him like at the end like when it's when it's the big and broad and bright, you yeah. can see you're like, oh, that's just that's just Tom Hardy. He's got like big muscles, but he looks so fucking big in that dark uh, underground the first, bridge. The first like, scene when they you see first him without, when he's kind of like in his like uh, like wife beater, basically. Yeah, and they had the fight. He just looks fuck you. Bru- it's, it's just like there's no fucking way Batman's gonna fight this dude. Yeah, but it is cartoonish in the way that like the mo- this movie i think the way they position these characters i just always get taken out from of it because like it's when this grounded nolan 
superhero movie. I'm watching it. And I'm like, this seems like a weird cartoony superhero movie, which I can be down with. I've been down with many cartoony superhero movies when that's kind of artist intent. But when I see a scene where Batman and Catwoman are fighting a bunch of goons and a bunch of them are kind of like jumping around and falling down and that no scene one's is actually fighting, it's crazy to me. It's crazy. I, it's crazy. I've I've had some problems with you guys in the past with uh, not liking certain stuff. Talking no no talking about uh, Nolan's take on Batman fighting, where I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, it doesn't look as good as it could, but uh, this is the one I have nothing for. Yeah, there are literally people just like jumping, what? just like <laughs> falling, yeah, at my, and I... nobody is anywhere near them. No, it's just a fact. Like it's. On celluloid. It's the cut that they picked. At and one that's... point, I'm pretty sure there were two goons doing that thing you used to do in gym class where you just like hold each other's hands and spin around in a circle in the background. And yeah. Just... And, then, and like, they're having you know, a great time. They're having a blast. They're having a blast. They did a somersault afterwards. Yeah. It was great. It was fantastic. But no, Batman no didn't good. touch him. It's no good. It's just, it's, it's hard to watch a lot of those scenes. The movie sucks. The movie sucks. And it... And it sucks that it sucks. It does. Yeah. That's the whole that thing, where it's like, I really, there are points about it that I really like. And I would love nothing more to be, than to be able to find a, a coalescent line from the first frame to the last. To be able to go, oh, good. Look, look, yeah. good. Great final chapter. This is Return mm. of the Jedi, only worse. I like Return of the Jedi a lot. Return, a lot of people like Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Return of the Jedi is fun. It this works, movie's not coming fun. off That's of the thing. This, a new it's so like, not a new fun. a new hope so for Star fun. Wars is is just like iconic. It's amazing how it is as a movie. It's a fucking icon of an hour and forty minutes of film. Empire Strikes Back is one of the greatest sequels of all fucking time. It takes everything from the first one and just turns it into this gigantic, awesome adventure that you never saw coming. That revolutionized what sci-fi adventure, what film could do. And then Return of the Jedi just popped up and it was like, and now we're just doing a bunch of stuff. Mm. It's very much kind of what's going on with Batman Begins, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Batman Begins showed up and it was like, we are revolutionizing what Batman can be. Isn't this fun? Don't you like it? And we were like, yeah, that's, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. way more sincere and serious than what we've been used to seeing with Batman. And then the Dark Knight came out, and it's literally Empire Strikes Back to Batman Begins. Definitely. It is. Oh, yeah, like, they're dark. We have to swap shit. this over to yeah. a very serious level. We are trying to say something that is way more concrete than anything that was said in the previous one but also maintaining that yeah and, and it also stands it Dark stands Rises, separately from just, any you know the the, the Dark Knight Nolan Rises Batman's, was trying to say some shit I just don't think any of those Dark Knight Rises was trying Dark to say Knight some Rises shit is trying to say some shit Return of the Jedi was trying to say some shit but the, they're you know, they're trying to the say Nolan, too much shit at the Nolan once. Batman movies you know they exist so separately from other superhero movies and movies like it which is why i think people gravitate towards them and why people like them and people audiences of the time really appreciate those movies because it's like this is 
so fucking different. Without a doubt, Nolan carved out his own shit that's still, there's it's nothing still different in that corner. Because like, now we've seen now. kind of the DC retrograde, the DC kind of like, kind of folding in on itself and seeing Batman start to be like, no, now we need to be like other things. Now we need to be like Marvel. And now we're kind of on the cusp at the time of this recording of maybe them even rejecting that. Them being like, we're not necessarily doing an expanded universe, which they were. But now they're kind of they're kind of backing away from it because they're having, I think, studio turmoil at the moment. (laughs) They're having all sorts of of turmoil. A better term, (laughs) Um, and that's what's happening. But you know, it's just the movie. It's just hard. I always wanted to like this movie because there's so much on paper that I want to like, and I almost wonder, like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I I actually really I really like the opening to the. I like the high scene of the movie separately from the rest of the film, but I almost think that the the, high scene's really good. It's cool. It's cool as hell. Yeah. And that's the All thing. Right. It gets people hyped up and it gets people into it. Yeah. And it's, it's a strong Get visual. Crossing this plane. And like that's a fun. That's a and this fun... this DNA of like in other Nolan movies, like the DNA of like uh, people working behind the scenes to create the illusion of these deaths or these things. You know, it exists in Inception and it exists in other Nolan movies too. It's very cool. Yeah. You got but, little uh, finger. He's all there. Everyone, the whole game. There he is. This movie, watching it again. Sorry, real quick. Please. There's so many times in this movie it's like, oh, it's that guy. Like, yeah. There's so oh. many. <laughs> this movie has so many that Cameos guys and like, for no reason. So many. Yeah. They're fucking all over the place. Most of them completely inconsequential. Yeah. Well, at the beginning of the movie, they're introducing you all these weird board members. And you're Papa? Just like, Are you? Yeah, Papa from Stranger Things. Um, it's there's Matthew Modine. That's who way. that is. Thank you. That guy. Okay. I'm saying he, Papa, said Papa all the time. Fucking... I just wasn't listening. Oh, that's fair. I almost wonder if the beginning of this movie maybe would have flowed better. And, like, you know, you guys could quickly throw this away. But... Uh, I'm throwing almost, it away. Okay, thank you. Anyway, so... Um, I almost wonder if the beginning of this movie should have been, like, some of these Ra's al Ghul... The Bane, Talia, Ra's al Ghul triangle of them, like, being a storyline... Don't even try. You don't think I would have maybe, like... Don't even try. Introduce the Lazarus Pit early, so it kind of makes more sense later. Like... I bring mean, back yeah, the sh- totally. Well, I the agree with you. Could have uh, made this are, whole work. Better, are you asking? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely could be better. If they were to restructure the entire screenplay, <laughs> yes, 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 it might Probably. have worked. Probably a complete ground zero restructuring. Of the screenplay probably would have been well, great. Remember what you this. said while we were watching this movie where you're like, can you imagine if they had taken their time yeah. and waited eight years but that's and the let thing it go too, by? Like and they, my response was... They didn't. Yeah, anything would have been better than this. That's, like, I yeah, think that yeah. if they had actually waited the amount of time that took place and maybe even lengthened it because what it's supposed to be, like nine years, seven, nine eight years? Eight or nine years. Or eight, between eight If and they nine, had yeah. actually waited like a decade, made it ten years... Dark Knight came out, revolutionized every fucking thing down the line. I don't even care if it's a movie or anything. Dark Knight revolutionized shit. People are looking at stuff in a darker light. Wait 10 years. Like real 10 years. Real 10 years. And then come back. Christian Bale's back. Chris Nolan's back. Michael Caine's back. 
back. Studio back. Everybody's studio back. studio back then would never... They yeah, never a studio do. now would never that's, do. That's... Because, like, we live in an age where, like, we got our Blade Runner. Right. That's a movie we don't fucking deserve. That's the whole thing. And I, I <laughs> feel sure. like this movie's idea of separation from the Dark Knight to this one would have made more sense because that's one of the biggest faults that this movie has. Because it has no way of tying together the past movie that everybody has fucking seen. Yeah. Everybody has seen The Dark Knight. And now they're doing The Dark Knight Rises and they started off with everything that made the ending of The Dark Knight not matter. The ending of The Dark Knight was built off the idea that Batman has finally gotten to the point where he understands his role, where he goes, I'm the bad guy. I'm the villain that I am need. the villain that you guys can blame, and here I go off into the night. And that that's personified by uh, Jim Gordon's son saying, he didn't do anything wrong. And he goes, it's not about him doing anything wrong. He's the hero that we need. He needs to be this. Yeah. And then we open up on a movie where... Batman's just not existed for eight years. He hasn't been the villain. He hasn't he's, been anything. He's just well, been he he's, he's just been the been. thing that you, the thing that you can point the finger at. He's been the scapegoat, but he, Bruce Wayne is not out there like owning that. He's just put Batman away. And I think that's Which, a, such a. By weak... the way, too, Batman disappeared seven years ago, and yeah. seven years ago, Bruce Wayne also kind of became a little cagey, a little became bit fucking Howard Hughes. So here, excuse here we... me. Excuse me. Hello. I want to really mainly because I, I have to use the bathroom. <laughs> so I want to take a quick break. This is break time. This is break time. Um, Commit we, to the art, Robbie, and piss your pants. Can I say one more thing before we go on break? I know you're gonna. Then you may. Yeah, you may. You can't <laughs> say you no. You so, may. Uh, Jack, would you like to say something before we go on break? Before I say something. Um, Anything on your mind? I'm just going to pat for time and make Robbie really... You must suffer. I'll give you permission to pee. <laughs> no, go ahead. That's Birch, it? No, Birch, no, no, your I'm, I'm really just bullshitting, okay, so yeah, Robbie has to pee more. Before we go on break, I'd really love to say... Oh, here we go. I will wait your mate until you have to... Mm. Look around and wait until you understand. I know you're trying to torture Robbie, but you're really torturing the audience now. Is this, can I have And this, then I realize Okay, I'm doing a break. That's fine. All right, so it's we're going to go. It's on, fine. It's fine. We're going to go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit of Catwoman. Hopefully that won't last too long. And then we're also going to talk is about Catwoman <laughs> in this movie? Catwoman I totally forgot about yeah, Catwoman. Right. Mrs. Hathaway is uh, just doing the best she can. Dude, her goggles look like ears. They look like cat ears when they go when up, we... you stupid fucks. Do you understand what when they're we, doing? When we come back again, talking, apologies to the audience for all that just happened. We're talking, we're talking Catwoman, and we're going to talk about if Batman's in this movie or not. Thank you, you so much for listening understand? this far. We'll see you soon. Shut up. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the newest episode of Battering so far. Uh, I'm going to tell you about some other stories and stuff you guys can check out. Uh, the newest Cathode Raycast is a Stranger Things episode where we kind of do a recap on season one to kind of prepare for season two. So, uh, that is Bernadette Gorman's show. Uh, Diana, uh, managing editor for Story Screen is on the episode and myself. 
co-head of telecommunications, Robert Anderson, is also on that show, because we have titles, and that's cool. Uh, so, come listen to the episode if you want to hear some Stranger Things 2 predictions, Stranger Things Season 2 predictions, and also just us kind of just glowing and loving Season 1, because it's so great. Uh, and there's also a new episode of Hot Takes that Jack and his brother Jeremy do about a movie called The Babysitter, which is on Netflix. You can go check that out there. Um, if you want to check out anything else that Story Screen does, go on the website. Just go on the website, storyscreenbeacon.com. You can find articles. You can find merch in the form of t-shirts. So go on storyscreenbeacon.com to check out all things, articles, podcasts, and more. More being the merch. And maybe more being just some other good shit. I don't know. But yeah, definitely listen to those two episodes. If you're into Stranger Things, please check that episode out. It's super good. And if you're into horror movies, Babysitter is a movie you should maybe check out. And thanks for listening to this episode of Battering. And we're going to be right back. Hello and welcome back to Battering. The newest episode we're talking about. Well, let me put my hat on. The Dark Knight Rises. Wait, wait, Jack no, is... no. Texas still got to put his... Pants back on. Go. All right. Wait. Thank you for coming back to the... No, wait, wait. Do you want to do... Are we actually doing it over again? No, yeah, we got to do it over again. Okay. I was going to be a bit. I'm going to be a bit. It is a bit now. Ride Ooh. the bit, Robbie. Yes, I'm... and. And we're back. <laughs> Riding that bit. Uh, so, we just took a break. Now we're back. Uh, some of the things we did not talk about in the first portion of this episode uh what's Catwoman what's so now we got Cat- that out of the way what's <laughs> Catwoman ready ready for Catwoman her goggles look like ears when she puts them on her, her head goggles, done talking about her Catwoman her goggles look like ears on the top of her head up, you stupid motherfuckers don't you see it it's like people don't get it they've been trying to put the cat it's as if in the movie it's for, as if they were trying to make the catwoman character more realistic mm. by not making her a catwoman character Yet at all the first yeah. thing she does is backflip out of a two or three story window in yeah where heels. does she go uh, to the ground i guess like, does she, she just land she's yeah, not never just on the first that. floor like she backflips out of that and i get how it looks and it she's looks wearing cool. heels it does look cool and it's a pretty neat scene where it's like oh oh she just fucked with batman and now oh she's out there and look looks at like, how i stripped this off and stripped that off and look at me now getting into the back of a limo i'm so and efficient away. at catchbird what it looks like is chris, how did you get out of that window chris you're losing what you made the first two ones good how many backflips really <laughs> did she have to do but not, again, not realism what grounded it, is it grounded convincing you had a word for it that's not the Batman Nolan movies. It's uh, plausible. Plausible, it. plausible. Plausible. For sure. I agree. And that and again, this is the the reason why I think this movie feels so out of place and why we're always just kinda like, meh, what is going on? Is because nothing's really all that plausible in the film. They are giving you these kind of breadcrumbs of realistic plot points to create plausibility. <laughs> But it's we all even talked about the nuclear It's just all yet. kind of insanity. Right. It's all insanity. Robbie, like, I'd really like it if you could explain to me and Jack and the viewers my favorite complete, like, complete, complete spoiler territory. <laughs> what happens in the film The Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> From A to B? Please. And we promise 
We're making this promise. Mm-hmm. We will not interrupt you. All right. Mike, so I'll tell you what I'm done. Okay. I actually think this would be fun if I do it, and then Burgess does it, and then Jack does it. Yep. Oh, okay. you want to pass it, Chris, it off to me? If it, no, I'm going to do my A to B, and then we're just going to keep... Do you want us? Oh, no, no, no. Should we leave the room? Wait, no, so this is way better. <laughs> uh, start to explain the plot of The Dark Knight Rises. And when you get to a point that you want to pass it off to me, yes, let me know. Oh, okay. And then okay. I'll and pass it keep off to Jack. No, uh-huh. no, 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 no. We'll do, we'll do. You want to do the three One, acts? two, three. Okay. Not acts. Just yeah. like, you know, when you feel like you're a third of the way through, if you can tell where that is. <laughs> when you want to tap out, just go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's been, it's been seven hey, years since been Batman was. <laughs> oh God, Jackie said you wouldn't interrupt. <laughs> I, but he started a song. I thought yeah, I know. Back up, you know. But you have to. You have all right, to. All right. Okay. Okay. He's gonna have tricks. <laughs> I was right. slide devil. Okay. So, it's been eight years since uh, Harvey Dent's death, and the Dent Act was passed. Criminals are now. In more trouble than ever, now that the cops have the bite that they need to put the criminals in the jails, also called the Blackgate Prison. <laughs> During this time, Batman is not around. <laughs> he, he fucking left. What is he doing? Apparently his knees just fucking exploded, and he's been doing that for eight years. Uh, what also has happened in the meantime? Again, what I said, criminals are no more, Batman's no more. Everything seems to be fine. The movie picks off. The movie starts off. Now that Bane has entered the scene. Bane is a mercenary terrorist from a sect of the League of Shadows. Maybe kind of the remnants of the League of Shadows since they were destroyed in Batman Begins? And he is trying to do a coup d'etat of Gotham City. He does this by not getting thrown out of a plane and simulating a plane crash of I don't know who, but he does that in the beginning of the movie. Then we go to Wayne Manor, where they're celebrating, I guess, eight years of the Dent Act being passed? That's why they're there, right? So they're doing that. Batman, they're at Wayne Manor, but Batman and Bruce Wayne are nowhere to be seen. And no one thinks that's weird. Uh, Catwoman is there to steal both Martha, Martha Wayne's pearl necklace, but also Bruce Wayne's fingerprints. When Batman confronts her with a bow and arrow attack, she just kicks him and leaves. By backflipping out of a window and then just leaving. And then Batman realizes that she was after his fingerprints. So then he has to, he is compelled to kind of find her again. Which they go to a masquerade ball. Because I guess there's another party happening just the next day. And she wears a mask. But Batman does not wear a mask. Because Bruce Wayne is his mask and no one thinks that's weird also catwoman is wearing a mask and it's not a cat mask but it basically she has cat ears but it's separate from the mask but that's not important because they're not goggles yet during this time bane is also doing nothing and i pass it to mike now (laughs) 
What's on me now? Oh man. So, uh, okay. Uh, so Mike and I were turning blue from that one. Holy shit. Uh yes, and Bruce Wayne has just been at a party with Selena Kyle. <laughs> Neither of them are Catwoman or Batman. No. Okay. And we've moved from that. And Bane is doing nothing. I think right about this time is when Bane. <laughs> Shows up and starts doing some stuff. <laughs> Where does uh, he go? He, sh- he shows up at a uh, New York City Wall Street, uh-huh. but it's in Gotham City. Yeah, and he shows up and he uh, he's got like a a red uh, motorcycle helmet on. He uses that helmet to like beat some people, and they go in to uh, Gotham City Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, and they they go in there and they uh, they fuck up a bunch of stuff, and then everybody's like, "You're not allowed to fuck this up," and they're like, "We don't care," and so a bunch of cops show up because you're not allowed to fuck up that stuff. Yes, and they're still inside, going, "We don't care if we're not allowed to fuck up this stuff," and they ride on out, and uh, they start to drive away, and Batman all of a sudden shows up. Out of nowhere, it's been seven, eight, eight, nine, eight, nine years since mm. he showed up. And, and now, 45 and, minutes into and, the movie. Yep. And now he shows up and he's like, I'm Batman. I'm going to, I'm going to fuck these guys up. And some of the cops are like, Ooh, there's Batman. We got to catch him. And some of the cops are like, Ooh, look at Batman. He's pretty cool. I've never seen that before. Mm. Uh, but eventually all the cops just kind of want to like, Ooh, there's Batman. Fucking get him. So Batman uh, escapes, gets away. He doesn't catch uh, the Chicago, New York City, Wall Street burglars. He doesn't catch them. So he escapes and then he goes to an alleyway where um, teen heartthrob Lucius Fox has already uh, acquired a... uh, a not, a not, uh, back car. Teacher, I have a question. It go. Oh, Jack. Yes. I have a question. Um, what what were they doing at the Wall Street? Uh, the New York Gotham Wall Street. Thing? Oh, they were making it look like uh, Bruce Wayne was an asshole that uh, owed them money. Is that what they what? were doing? Yeah, they, no, no they, they, I thought they, they just... took away all of Bruce Wayne's like, oh my god, and stuff like that. So like, he lost his house and everything. Is that the only thing? No, they crashed. That's the why stock the power market. is non later. I thought they crashed the entire. I stock thought we market. weren't allowed to interrupt these. You're right. I just really wanted to know what the fuck they were doing. In that yeah, scene. no, they took away. I have it no makes, idea. It makes no sense. Okay. They took away uh, exclusively Bruce Wayne's like money. Okay, we're gonna not interrupt you now. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. I just really wanted to know because I had no idea. And then the Batwing like comes up, it. Right. and it and it flies away, mm-hmm. and then, um, Selena Kyle is like, "Hi, Bruce Wayne. I can show you where Bane is, so you can uh, stop him." Meanwhile. Before that, mm-hmm. uh, Miranda Tate is this uh, weird clingy person that is trying to get rights to uh, 
Bruce Wayne's fusion reactor that he doesn't want to give the rights away because he's he's afraid that it could be used for the exact thing that it's used for at the end of the movie. He built it with his friend. Like Otto. a nuclear reactor like or something. Like a Chekhov's nuclear reactor. I thought I wasn't going to get <laughs> interrupted. I didn't interrupt you. You're right. I'm sorry. Okay. So after that's all going on, Selena Kyle is like, hey, Batman, I know where Bane is. And so Batman's like, yeah, I'd fucking love to know where Bane is. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. Selena Kyle takes Bruce Wayne, who is now dressed up like Batman, uh, to an underground place, and she goes, "None of this is suspicious, right?" And Batman goes, "Absolutely not. Lead the way." And so Selena Kyle leads the way down the the suspicious tunnel. Of absolute nonsense that Batman would never go down. And they go down there, and then they get to a point where Batman's like, Wow, I love how not suspicious this is. And then all of a sudden, Catwoman, Selena Kyle, closes the door. And it's it's a it's a it's it's a gate, it's a chain that locks it, and Bane's on the other side, and he's like, I'm gonna fight you now. So Batman and Bane fight. Batman is stronger than Bane, so he beats him. Mm. And then he lifts him on up and kind of breaks his back. There's like a kind of breaking his back moment. You mean Bane is stronger than Batman? What's that? You said Batman is stronger than Bane. Batman lifts up Bane. Oh, you're okay. And breaks <laughs> Bane's back. Subversion. <laughs> and <laughs> then, <laughs> and then. That's it. Bane has a broken back, but he gets up all of a sudden. And Batman's like, wait, I broke your back. And he goes, no. And Bane grabs Batman and breaks his back. And Batman can't take the, the back break. He can't do it. No. And and so Bane like picks up Batman's uh, face and like kind of like throws it. To the side, he rips his face off. <laughs> He's got half of his face, I'll and he throws it to the movie. side. And uh, Bane's like, "It's time to fuck up this city." And Batman gets gets taken by people that I don't know. I don't know who takes him after that, but they take him to the the pit. That they've been talking about before, mm. where like they throw prisoners and mm. he gets thrown down there, mm. and uh, his back's all fucked up, and he doesn't know what to do, and they tell him they're like nobody can can get out of the pit, you asshole, and Bane Bane's down there too, and he's like I know you broke my back, but I'm fine, and I'm gonna make sure that you can see everything that I do. To your city mm -hmm. on that TV over there, and bye. And he leaves. And then Bruce Wayne, Batman, is left down in this weird little thing while Bane. It's called a jail cell. It's a, it's a pit. Is it? It's like, I thought I wasn't going to get interrupted. 
I thought that I wasn't going to get interrupted. Bruce Wayne slash Batman is down in like a weird little jail pit. And Bane goes out to not Chicago, Gotham City, and does... Jack? Just a huh? quick just a quick aside. Jim Gordon was shot also at some point in our thing. Did he get shot? Commissioner Gordon got shot. Is Commissioner Gordon a character in this movie? I forgot about in that. In the last act. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Check out uh, Gordon. Um, okay, so... Uh, Feels like Bat- he might come back. Uh, Bane teleported Batman to prison um, in... F- fucking on Tatooine or something like that. And <laughs> what the Lazarus pit? <laughs> yeah, the Lazarus pit. Whatever. Um, Chekhov's Lazarus pit, and then um, Batman's down there. Batman's hanging out there in there, watching TV, chilling, kicking it. Meanwhile, Bane teleports back to Gotham, and he starts fucking shit up. So he hates football. But loves child singers. So he hangs out and watches a kid sing the national anthem. And is like, oh, very good. You must you should go on one of those TV shows. And then, um, then after the kid's done, Bane blows up the football stadium. Um, and then also he says, um, Gotham, check it out. I got this, this bomb. That Batman invented because he was a total dick. Um, I think it was supposed to be for like super great unlimited energy or whatever, but I made it into a bomb because, you know, people are afraid of nuclear power. And then uh, he has some, says some shit about the like 99%, 1% Occupy Wall Street thing. Um, doesn't really land, but he says, your people are going to take Gotham back. And also, I'm going to explode you with this nuclear bomb that I stole from Batman. Yeah. Kind of. And then Batman does some sit-ups while he's watching all this stuff go down. He gets better. He does like 40 or 50 sit-ups. He gets better. Um, He does the rope challenge. He climbs out of the pit. He teleports back to Gotham. And then he fights Bane. He fights Bane. Um... Um, that clingy chick is actually Ra's al Ghul's daughter, which, by the way, Batman saw Ra's al Ghul, uh, the ghost of Qui-Gon Jinn, while he was in the prison. Um, so that happened, and then, uh, the doctor guy gave him some exposition, but it wasn't really the right exposition, because it turns out actually Talia al Ghul... Is Ra's al Ghul's daughter, I guess, right? And then um, there's a big chase scene. Some stuff blows up. They kill Papa. Um, yeah. Kind of offhandedly. They I just guess they, like do. Yeah, him, they do. They like, do that. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Bane and Batman fight. Um, he punches him in the mask because he again that looks sensitive. So Batman wins it's that like fight. The best place to punch him. Yeah, yeah. Like, seems like, to punch like an obvious like mask place to or punch no him. mask, like face, like chin and nose area is generally a pretty good yeah, place. Yeah, to yeah. Why would you try to punch him anywhere else? He clearly has trouble. He doesn't breathe. No interruptions. Wait. Um, 
And then Talia stabs Batman a little bit, but, like, it's fine because it's just a knife, I guess. Batman doesn't really care. Meanwhile, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who we have not mentioned at all so far, who's been there the whole time. Batman also has sex with Talia at some point. Oh, right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, he did. did. He had sex with Talia. For no reason at all. Zero. Just just so I kind of twist the knife a little bit. For who? I guess. For literally no reason at all. No reason they have sex. I mean, I didn't even know Batman likes sex at all. There's no reason for that scene. Oh, I didn't know Chris Nolan. It, was that Chris Nolan's only sex scene? Pause the like on interruption thing. In movies? Done? At all, ever. Uh, does he not have a sex scene in Memento? Has he ever done a I mean, sex there scene? is kind of a sex scene in Memento, but not as uh, egregious as the one that's in this. This one's horrible. I mean, even in Prestige, he doesn't have a sex scene. So Chris Nolan yeah, does his best take not... on what he thinks like a post-coital engagement would look like. Uh, I think they're like laying. I think they're like under a rug or something like that. Sitting by whatever. Um, Fast forward back to where you were. Going back, jump back some (laughs) somewhere in the four or five hour long length of this movie that happened. So jump back. uh, So Talia, good for Batman. Revealed to Batman, she's she's Ra's al Ghul's daughter, and she's there to finish Ra's al Ghul's uh, whole plan with blowing up Gotham and stuff. So she stabs him, and then. He's fine anyway, because that's how movies work, and they go on this long chase scene. Um, Talia gets crushed in a car. Also, Catwoman shoots Bane kind of very unceremoniously and just blows him up. Yep. Uh, And then they go on a chase scene. Talia crashes. Uh, Oh, also, during this chase scene, there's the bomb in the back of the car. Talia crashes the truck. Um, She doesn't survive the accident. Um, she dies in a very over-the-top manner. She kind of, it's the whole, It's too late. And now, I die. Excellent. Uh, and then Batman grabs a bomb and blows up. Uh, and we were supposed to think that he's actually dead, but he's not actually dead because he fixed the autopilot thing. And then, um... Uh, Alfred cries a bit. It's supposed to be emotional. The first time I saw it, I thought it was pretty emotional. Seeing old men cry, especially Michael Caine, that does it for me. It, and not, it doesn't, no, it doesn't do it for me. It works for me. Gets you off. It, you know what? Is what you're saying? That's the difference. Is what you're saying. Well, I didn't say that. I did say it's that. That's not what you're, that's not what I want this to come across on the radio. You that's don't my want secret. It. it made me cry. Okay. Sexually. Um, <laughs> and then he sees him in a cafe in Italy or something. And also, like it was Joseph Gordon Levitt has been robbing the whole time. And, and then he's hanging out in the back. And he rises. Yeah. On the Is that it? Square. Did I miss anything? I think That's we, pretty did. Much I think it, we right? did it. I think we did the movie. That's the whole thing, right? Are we done now? And would you guys believe that this movie is about, like... 99% versus 1% economic turmoil. I no. No, not really. It wants to be. I mean, it's, they were kind of going for that, but... That's what they're going it, for. None of it lands. No. None of it lands. No. And it's there's, interesting there's that a you, lot of it. It's interesting yeah. that you said, said that this film was all, like, produced before the Occupy Wall Street stuff happened, because... It reads like Chris Nolan was like, "Oh shit, that Occupy Wall Street shit is hot right now." Yo, let, let me just teens, like, shoehorn. teens are so into economic turmoil in here now. Yeah, 
uh, without really like actually having any sort of intelligent discourse about it whatsoever, other than like I don't know, it just existing. It it is a thing that <laughs> yeah. people think about. It's it's one of those things where like it came out at just the right time. Like yeah. they there there are um, I can't remember exactly who said it, but somebody super important once said like a really special little important thing, which I'm about to repeat. I can't wait. Which is um, artists are always about two to four years ahead of the curb. Okay. Artists understand. Well, hold on. The curb? The curb. Like they understand exactly where the culture of the world that they are creating. Is not ahead of the curve? Oh, besides curb? I think it, you're saying C U R B. Jackson ahead of the curve. C U R V E. Is it curb or curb? No, I've always I've always thought curb because curb is a turning point. I think it's curve. It could be curve. I'm gonna find out. They both kind of continue. Sorry. Okay. Do the same thing. Um, where artists can be ahead of the curve. It's the curve. It's the curve. Yes. And they can understand where certain points in culture are going. Mm-hmm. And so Christopher Nolan and Jonathan Nolan were writing this movie. Uh, David Goyer was on there with Jonathan, Jonathan Nolan for a while, which yeah. are the two guys that wrote Dark Knight. They were on there for Some a little bit, and David Goyer dropped off so he could movies. jump on over and help out uh, writing Man of Steel, right. which is the highly successful Superman uh, franchise that they kicked off critically critically absolutely uh, out of the fucking roof established uh, that's your superman and you're not allowed to recast him for at least eight years that's some wild contract you must unless you want to admit failure we're getting there he's actually really good no, ahead of the curve where it's a like uh, for me. Uh, they they were able to see that this is what was going on. There was a huge economic uh, like downfall in the past couple years, even like right around when the Dark Knight came out. In between when the Dark Knight came out, two thousand eight was the economic crash. Two thousand nine is is the crash, and that's happened, the yeah. big fucking fall. Or no, it was two thousand eight. Just yeah. in time for so, us to graduate high school. Woo! Yay! What a world. Everything's good. Just in time for me to be right in the thick of military action. Mm-hmm. Fun. Well, but, good thing we, we like Forever Wars, so that'll never go out of style. True. Mm. But, so, it, 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 it makes sense that somebody like Christopher Nolan, who is a badass of film, writing, directing, editing, shooting, otherwise, he is the auteur director of our time, and he would understand, like, this is a thing that's coming up right now. Yeah. And the comments that they're making in The Dark Knight Rises on the economic situation, it's really crazy that they echo the Occupy Wall Street Even movement. remotely, yeah. Remotely. That, the fact, like, like, but it, it gets in there just I don't want to give bit. the movie too much credit because I don't think credit is necessarily due. But it is interesting and there is like some merit to the idea of like not predicting, but kind of like, you know, maybe understanding that there could be uh, insurgents and or a rebellion, whether, you know, I think the Occupy movement could have been more structured and guided, but that's kind of part of, you know, it's a different conversation. Selena Kyle's you know? line, like, 
you're going to wonder how you all could have ever thought that you could live so large and leave so little for the rest of us. Yeah, that panned out. Look where we are now. And the thing is, like, you know, the movie has these themes in it, but it's much like Bruce Wayne's Identity Crisis, so does the film. Like, it doesn't know if it's a movie trying to... Because, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. If you're trying to do a movie about, you know, the 1% versus 99% and the economic turmoil... And you just take away your main character who's a billionaire's money. That's well, not no, enough. No, like, you know, what, and that also is what does that shy. have to do with no Batman versus whatsoever. Bane? Nothing. 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 It literally has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst part. And that's, I was going to bring this up before because as, as we were doing our bit of going through the movie, okay, in our understanding, because there's many interpretations of the league of shadows throughout comic books and and batman lore in the context, league of assassins in the comics in the context league of shadows is a better name that's it is a better it name. is a better name that's in the context of batman begins what is the objective of the league of shadows it's to break down uh gigantic pillars of corruption whether it be uh, historic monuments that they've broken down in the past. The one that they have their eyes set on right now for this century is Gotham. Right. And this also being to kind of uh, purify crime in a way. In Gotham. In Gotham. That's why in the first one they uh, take Bruce Wayne in. Mm-hmm. There's no other reason for Ra's al Ghul disguised as Deckard at that point right. to go and, and take him in. Mm-hmm. What they want to do is they want to bring him into their fold so they can understand, they can have Bruce Wayne, and they can go in and they can take it out. But Bruce Wayne, he goes, fuck no. Yeah. And leaves. Their whole idea was probably to like just have him go back, take over... He was the sleeping Wayne agent. Tower. He was, you know... And just like, fuck shit up. Yeah. He would take his majority shares back, and instead yeah. of trying to do something right, no, he would just fuck everything They had no idea, like, yeah. like, turn their, the, like, their weird blue fa- flowers mm-hmm. that have, like, Fear emblems in them to like turn them into like fear gas. Yeah, these just smoke weed. Um, so why don't they keep making Scarecrow a bad guy? He's such a great bad guy. He's in all the he's movies. In all the he's movies. in all the movies. He's just chilling out. <laughs> in this weird. one, he's like a judge. He's just like he sitting wore... up there, and he's just like. I thought he wore his mask at some point in this movie, but he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he's so he's just a judge up there, like slamming his hammer onto. A bunch of desks and books. Again, another scene that just like doesn't make any fucking sense at all. But, but it uh, looks so cool. It does look cool. So understanding what the objective of the League of Shadows is and Batman Begins, and this movie is often called a much more of a sequel to Begins, more so than it's like a sequel to The Dark Knight. Very much so. Yeah. You know, we have our dense stuff that's in there, but I do think this movie is is mainly. Taking the thematic threads from Begins and really trying to connect that tissue way more than it's concerned with kind of connecting the, it the really, bigger it questions really of Dark Knight. It really doesn't take the events of the Dark Knight into the Joker's not mentioned context. Once. Yeah, they it, have to kind of mention Harvey. It's Dennis. not even just like the whole thing. It's like yeah. Batman was this guy that like showed up and did all this crazy shit, and the only thing that we're given in this one that in any way just like references the Dark Knight is yeah. uh, Harvey Dent Day. Yep. And it's 
I guess it's considered this day, like this is the opening where we we figure like Harvey Dent died, and so they created this day where uh, they honor the Dent Act, but also acknowledge that people are trying to take like, it away. And the Harvey Dent Act is this thing that said like you're not allowed, you're not allowed to commit crime. I don't right? know. I don't know what I do not know. The Act. You're not allowed to commit crime in Gotham. That's why the cops showed up when they did the Wall Street thing. You can't do that. That's crime. So there's no more crime because it's illegal now. Right. So Whereas before like, it was, they made and it's, make and crime it's more. It's more. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, but it, it's more. He died like, for our sins. It's more like against. It's more like against organized crime, like. It's they're more like to dismantle no, the mob bosses. They say, and things they like say that. there's yeah. no more organized crime in Gotham. So it's like Even the idea. There that, clearly is. Is a suggestion is from there, the Harvey Dent well, act that like there's no more the organized crime? The the guy who walks over the ice thing and then dies. The guy who well, no, he's Bane the just breaks his neck. That's, the politicians that's are the crime. That's the whole idea. It's like the politicians organized are the new crime, crime in its sense that we have known it in Batman Begins is gone. And now the organized crime is like the politicians and they're like, oh, we can get rid of this like really awesome, you know, commissioner because, oh, he's war times. It's all good. Get rid We're of him. Time now. And we can just like keep going. And Bane shows up and he's just like, you did not know. You didn't know that somebody could come in and wreck your perfect political situation. Did and you? So this is my main point of like, Kind of bringing up this being the sequel to the first movie and not the, the the amazing middle movie is that so what is the League of Shadows in this movie or the League of Shadow remnants in this movie are they trying to do what Ra's al Ghul and his goons set out to do in the first movie? That's no. what Talia says. No, she says well, they're, they're, but like, they're, they're, they're not a part of the League of Shadows. They got kicked out. They're so like what, a they're like a. Uh, what is the? But then what's Come on, their... Jack. Come on, you got the word. They're like a uh, splinter cell of the League of Shadows. They got kicked out. Thanks, Jack. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. So, but they, but so even them being a splinter cell, it seems that they <laughs> respect uh, Sam Fisher and his video game series, and they also respect. Mm, uh, that's the thing. They also respect uh, what Ra's al Ghul has done because they seem to have no animosity towards Ra's al Ghul, regardless of how hard he kicked Bane out of whatever he was doing. Yeah, like what was their goal? So, so what's their goal now? Yeah, what were are they, they trying, trying to, do? to do? Are they like we will now? Because the movie, listen, if this is the movie, this, this is the movie pitch. The movie pitch was like we already Bane, did the movie pitch. No, oh, we God. told you what the movie was. The movie pitch was Bane. The prodigal son of Ra's al Ghul has come to Gotham to do what was not finished by Ra's al Ghul. Using Talia as the Bruce Wayne kind of sleeper agent to take over and be the uh, political kind of cancer. Sleeper agent because she sleeps. And then tries. And, and, Gor- and, Gor- and Gordon gets shot. And then Gordon point. gets shot at some point. Right. But this is what Did I'm he saying. Get like, shot? He gets shot. He get shot. Remember, you why would I shoot? me he got what? shot. I told you he, he got shot. You. Why would I shoot a man before throwing him into the sewer? And they did shoot the man when they threw him into the sewer. That's why he's in the hospital for most of the movie. No, he said, why would I shoot them? That's no, didn't shoot him. Why yeah. would I shoot a man? They shoot. He get, Something gets fucked. Because remember, he's in a hospital. Why is he in a hospital? Because he got thrown in the sewer. 
that's not enough to make you a hospital. Hospitalized? I know what I said. Fuck it. I think it sounded better. Give you hospital? To give you a hospital. I guess I Gordon just, got hospitaled in this. In we the, just, like, we can do, he got so hospital in the movie before he became like, like Sergeant General. Did you just dictator. verbalize get hospital? Yeah, it was good. It's a good goof. That motherfucker just got hospitalized. That's a, that's a thing. You can say that. That's the right way to he say it. He got hospitalized. I said it the wrong way because right. I thought it's fine. Listen ahead of the curb. Let it go. Wait, who's ahead of the curb? No one. It's not a phrase. Oh, are you talking to me? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh you're okay. talking to me? So that's so this movie has not it's what is this movie trying to do? What is the movie trying yeah. to do at all? It's trying to it's say trying to make that, a sequel to the Dark Knight. Ooh, that's what it's trying it's to do. Not, Batman it's like, is a thing that can live on beyond Bruce Wayne and oh Joseph Gordon Levitt can be this thing that he's like, oh I'm kind of Robin. But I'm kind of like Batman at Dude, the same yeah, time. Honestly, doesn't matter who Batman it's is. Just trying to it's also, the trilogy. It's, it's not also to, trying it's, to say it's like, just like Ooh, a, a beeline to cross the finish line. Just be like, yeah. hey, it's over now. It's trying to say too many fucking things in so short a time. But I the mean, movie this... is also longer than Lawrence of Arabia. Listen, like I, it's what are you doing? We've been doing this Batman podcast. I fucking love Batman. I love Batman movies. The good and the bad and the ugly. Like I'm with it. I don't Never know if I like Batman movie. anymore after these. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got a really good one coming up, oh, so get God. ready for it. Fucking kill me. This is the thing, though. Like, you know, the bad movies like Batman and Robin and uh, Batman Forever. Like, there's some like timely charm I can just kind of like laugh at. At up least to. they're fun. You at can least laugh they're fun. Movies. You can at least laugh at those movies. This and movie is... they let you go after ninety minutes. This movie's so serious. That's a very good point. This movie's so serious, and it's just like, I just don't... Why are they so serious, is my question. <laughs> they clown Prince of Crime, Jack Kalajewski. I am just, you know, watching this jokes. this ending to the trilogy, and like, watching Batman Begins, and we were so hyped on it, and watching Dark Knight, and we like, tre- it was like sacred ground, kind of talking about that movie. I'm just very deeply kind of saddened re-watching this movie again, and being like, this is the end of this trilogy. You know, going back into this, like, like I said, this is my support group. I'm talking to you guys. Yeah, about yeah. It. we're yeah. here for you. <laughs> going back into this, I was like, you know, I haven't seen this movie since when did it come out? 2012? Uh, 2012, 2011. Hadn't yeah. seen it since then. It's been mm-hmm. a long time. Got fresh eyes here. Yeah, we've been talking about movies all year in a critical lens for that sure. I have not really applied to movies before. Doing this with you guys, you know, in a structured manner, definitely. So I thought, okay. Maybe I'll give this movie another shot. I remember kind of not feeling great about it originally. Yeah. Being pretty disappointed, really. But, like, you know, clean slate here. Go Watch it it again. Maybe there's something of value in this movie. And holy fuck, no. Not at all. There's just, Damn, man. Yeah, Damn. and it's just like, even, and like, I'm almost offended by its confidence in the scenes where it's like, oh no, this is like some really good political drama happening right now. And these characters, and these, these actors, these well-renowned, amazing actors selling these lines that are just fucking babbling nonsense. And Michael Caine is on point. Oh, in this movie? I guess. 100% he's on point. Uh, excuse me, I guess? He's just Him at that Caine. funeral scene? Excuse the me. The performances are not much more, or like, they're ex- excluding some of the what standout... What the fuck are you talking about right now? I'm talking about Michael Caine at that fucking funeral I scene think he's at great. the end. Are you kidding me? He's he's great. 
That's all you're going to say? I disagree. He's, he's bubbly? Bubbly. He's sincere. <laughs> no, I disagree. I and think... he is absolutely destroyed. I think he... My goodness. He overacted the shit out of that scene. Oh, over there is no such thing as Michael Caine overacting. That's Michael Caine acting. Excuse me. I think that the performances in the Nolan movies are not really anything to write home about. Except for Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Because... Oh! Because that's <laughs> oh. it. Oh! There are they amazing Oscar-winning performances in these movies. No. It's the plot is stringing together these pretty good, Oof. well-directed performances. Robert Anderson, actor critique extraordinaire. He's I'm coming on in. in. I'm not, I'm not, not saying I'm I, extraordinaire. Dude, I'm with you. I don't think Christian Bale is like, he's fine. He's not no, doing he's the not, best. He's like, not doing the on. best work he's ever done. It's like... Michael Caine's pretty good as He's as pushing Alfred. it out more than he did in the past two in this one. He's that's going what I think. sure. That's my that's point. Thing. He's crying on the staircase. I won't bury another one. But I'm saying Christian Bale. Christian Bale's acting as well as he did in the last two movies as he is right now. Right. And I think Michael Caine in that scene you're talking about, I won't bury another Batman. Even the, I, I, what if I told you I burned that letter? Those are both really good scenes. The funeral scene is... But like the whole too the, much the the stairway scene doesn't make any sense because he's like saying things to Bruce Wayne where Bruce Wayne's like that's ridiculous yeah. I don't I don't even understand what you're talking about <laughs> he's pretty pretty explicit can you imagine if I had a letter uh, and I I burned it after uh, a weird cloud man. Uh, blew up your girlfriend that wrote it for you, <laughs> and I burned it up. Chris Wilson's and like, he's I, like, like, I have yeah, no that'd be a really weird thing for you to but do. I've never met a clown he's person. Like, but what if I actually did it? And Bruce Wayne's like, yeah, that's super weird. But like, you're fired. <laughs> that's 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 how I just cannot accept the reality of the situation. Hold on, you're you're doing the movie sins thing where you're like, no, he's he's saying that in that scene because uh, he's trying to convince. Bruce Wayne that the whole reason he's continuing to do this his motivation with Rachel and like he's still under the impression that Rachel was going to be with him if he gave up Batman whereas yeah. Alfred in that scene is saying like no she, she wasn't. was out and yeah. Alfred and gives I, a really I, good performance I, in that scene yeah I just don't boom I, there we go I think the is that the final I think the funeral scene where he's like actually crying I was saying this before, the first time I saw that, like, that got me, because I was like, oh, man. He's upset. Alfred, he's, really yeah. upset. he's about to lose but Bruce Wayne. He's maybe about to I was lose his grasp. Bad mood after Bruce, whatever hours. psychology that he thinks that Bruce still has. Maybe I was just in a bad mood after the end of this three hours, but, like, <laughs> I was fair. like, Michael Caine, Stop. You're, you're trying a little bit too hard. Here. Oh. My I mean point. I mean it. But that ending. Sucks. Fine. I failed you. I failed you. No, man. I'm not the thing is, talking to the Wayne, the birds. It's so hard to even watch that scene. Tom and Martha. If you've read The Dark Knight Returns, if you've read The Dark Knight Returns, and you see Batman in, under a tombstone, and someone's crying above him, guess what? He's not fucking dead. Listen, if you, one of you guys knock over my well, Superman I mean, he's not with these arm movements, I'm going to be very We close. understand I that he, like, I feel like everybody knew that he wasn't dead. Well, I think that it undersells the performance in that way. Right. I mean, Lucius Fox was figuring out that he wasn't dead, like, simultaneously with that. <laughs> yeah, as the audience <laughs> is. Like, like, what do you mean the... What do you mean the... Listen, we're two the hours The autopilot was... Fucking finish uh, it, wrap it up. They, they, the, somebody fit, messed with the autopilot? What's his name? 
Oh, it's right here in the computer. Boop, 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 boop. Bruce Wayne, do you know him? I guess we don't uh, know. Yeah. Who. <laughs> That's fucking Bruce Wayne. You know, the guy that just went missing on the same day that Batman blew up? Also the guy that you work for? How does nobody understand that Bruce Wayne is still a person existing no, in dead. Gotham? No, no, he's dead. What do you mean he's dead? No, he's dead. Where'd he go? He's gone. <laughs> Where'd he go? He died. Yeah, he showed up at Gotham Manor <laughs> when the electricity was out and Miranda Tate was like, oh, and that's it. No, and now all of a sudden no, he's Mike, fucking no, Mike, gone. It's a, re- it's a really good she movie. She fell asleep. He got up and went downstairs to like little Batman costume room, got in Batman, went and met uh, Selena Kyle, who's not Catwoman, and then, ha, and then like went to uh uh, stupid person, uh, what'd you call it? You're jail it. jail slipping, hole. You're he went to the jail hole. No, you're not smart enough to understand. Where did Bruce Wayne go? You're not, you're not smart enough. Why is Bruce Wayne gone? Oh, he's in Italy. What do you mean he's in Italy? He has where he went. He just showed up out of nowhere, uh-huh. randomly, at a party, mm-hmm. like said fuck you to a bunch of people, yeah. got his car stolen, yep. and then had his butler drive him home. And then he yeah, died. He with that anybody. is a- all that anybody. He's been a recluse for many years. That's so all that anybody really. knows. And then all of a sudden, he's just fucking gone. And Batman also happened to show up. Yeah, he left. Dude, Bruce Wayne's <laughs> Batman. What is everybody talking about? Which is about? such a great scene when when Gordon <laughs> figures Gordon's out like, it's Batman. It's like, like, are you Bruce Wayne? Yeah, no dude. Shit, Gordon, Gordon. should have. He has that line at the beginning where he goes, "I know who he is." Right. Yeah. Like, uh, isn't it, uh, JGL asked him, like, do you know who he is? What is it? Like, is yeah. this know who he is? He's like, are you, are, are you, uh, don't you care about who he is? And he's like, I know who he is. And he, like, knocks yeah, I, the I think tin. More of a... Shouldn't it have been more important that he would have known that Batman was Bruce Wayne the whole time? No, he knows who he is, as in he's innocent. He didn't Right, yes. That. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been more important JGL in the, the seven years that passed? JGL just knows, knows who he is. just knows exactly who he is. He just, like, shows up in his house. He's like, by the way, I know you're Batman. So well, anyway, JGL gets that he's Batman because of, like, some weird fucking... Orphan connection. Orphan thing. Random. Orphan connection. Yeah. Like Which, an avatar when they we put talked their tails about it together. When we watched yeah, it. Yeah, it like would have made sense if they followed in on it more. Yeah. I mean, it, but they didn't. But I think this I could also fall in the same idea of like how I was I was saying maybe the Ra's al Ghul uh, flashback scenes with Talia and Bane could have happened in the beginning of the movie. It's like, yeah, a total restructuring of the film could be great. If they redid that's this not film, what we got. if they redid the whole movie, it'd be cool. And listen, like the movie's it, shitty. It's a shitty movie. It's got some really cool things, and they put them in the wrong order and present them horribly. Yeah. And I think the reason we're all like really going in on this movie is because we really wanted it to be good. The first yeah. two Batman movies were re- well. The first two Chris Nolan I Batman mean, movies are really fucking they're good. Amazing. They're incredible. Is it yeah. is the movie terrible? No. no, and we're only looking at it it's, with this lens it, because it's still, it's still it, it works. If you were to watch Batman Begins, it doesn't work. The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises as a trilogy, I think that this movie works as a capper. Nope. Does it do it in the way that I really fucking want? Does it live up to my expectations? Absolutely not. But does it work in a way that's completely disconnected? I mean, is it I, I think so. Yeah. It's the same thing as Return of the Jedi. 
Return of the Jedi came out and it's completely disconnected from everything else. They got the same characters and blah 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 and but they're I doing feel this like, big thing. I feel thing. like in, in Jedi they They also link back to the first one in more ways that's comfortable. But they have a they whole copy. but like the way that they bring Luke to have his final confrontation with Vader with him knowing that he's his father. Oh, oh, I feel like... Oh, boys, I can't do this tonight. Return of the I Jedi is a superior version of closer this than this. Okay. Absolutely. No, that's all, I'm that's saying fair. that that's this fair. guy acts as a closer in the same way that Return of the Jedi does. In the sense it's that... It's not good. The defaults yeah. of Return of the Jedi, they're always there. Yeah. But we can understand that that's the closer. Okay. We can take the good things out of it and go, fuck the Ewoks. I like the Ewoks. Don't fuck any Ewoks. Yeah, don't fuck any Ewoks. Don't fuck that's any illegal. Ewoks. It's rude. That's in the Dent Act. Don't fuck any Ewoks. That's crime. It's illegal to but bang like, Ewoks. You can, you, can, you can look at the Dark Knight Rises and go, well, that's the end to this thing that had like such a surprising start yeah. and such a monumental beginning. Because Empire Strikes Back is still considered one of the greatest sequels of all time. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. In the same vein that Dark Knight is... A great Never going to be well. topped for the next twenty years. Well, I mean, until Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Or you mean, mm-hmm. a, you mean a Batman movie? I mean, in the sense of uh, critical census, like the critical. It's yeah. a crazy. I think movie. box office, and then and Dark Knight Rises yeah. comes out, and they're like, "Well, here's this," and it's it's not as good as either of its first two installments. Yeah, and it's not even good on its own. But it lasts just because you can look at the first two and they can allow you some kind of closure in the sense of the story. Yeah. And it's not necessarily perfect, but there at least is some kind of weight there where they're saying something about something, even if it doesn't link up. They're yeah. still, they, they still have something that, that translates and it could be an ending. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it's over by the end. I'll give it's you over. That. I mean, like I definitely don't like feel like I need more or anything like that. I I just you know I'm, I'll be forever disappointed by the way that trilogy ended. I'll say this after doing this episode and listening to your guys' Inception podcast, which was great, um, and Cabot's great, so get him on more shit. But uh, hearing kind of like this is kind of when the the weird Nolan movies that like are not unanimously good. Are starting to come out, mm-hmm. and and that's a thing. And Interstellar um, certainly continues. Well, I, I was about hey to say, now. I'm really. Easy. I think we're all pretty content that we know that Dunkirk exists at yeah, the end of this goodness. long tunnel. Yeah. You know, that's like actually, that's that's the big ordeal at the end of this, where you yeah. know that he went through this thing, that he did this stuff, and opinions vary. Yeah, but at the end of the day, that motherfucker made one of the best war movies ever fucking Period. made and like the thing is like you, you see a movie like um you see a movie like dark knight rises which is the last act is a war movie you have like these big scenes happening and i remember thinking like why can't nolan do batman fighting scenes why do these like all these action scenes even with guns shooting in the hallway just look like fucking shit they don't want, they don't they work. all look bad every bit of action in the movie is so bad and then you get a movie like dunkirk which is like it's not an action movie. It's a war movie. It's not an action movie, but it's they don't just... show any enemies whatsoever in Dunkirk. No, it's true. Besides planes, I think that it's really because Christopher Nolan doesn't care about Batman. 
And I think that's evident from Batman Begins. And especially evident in Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that the million because he's, he's in barely this movie. in the movie. He has like I, ten minutes. Of I don't time. think that Christopher Nolan was really ever interested in the idea of the character of Batman and Bruce Wayne. He was more interested in something that we've talked about in the past. Uh, Christopher Nolan battle rings, which is the ideology between Bruce Wayne and Batman. Bruce Wayne is a person that has to come back to Gotham and he has to do something to take back the city. And he uses fear and manipulation and and movie magic, essentially, which is what Christopher Nolan is super obsessed with. Yes. Theatrics. Mm-hmm. The entire movie ends with got a taste for the theatrics like you, yeah. which leads to The Dark Knight, where he went from, I want a little bit of Blade Runner to make this work, and went to... I want to make a superhero mo- version of Heat and just go fucking crazy with it. I want a bank heist movie that starts with a bank heist and it feels like a bank heist all throughout. But Batman is the main antagonist, almost, where the protagonist is Gotham City itself, wrapping around Batman as a character. And that's what makes those movies work so well. Dark Knight, it's like, now all of a sudden, I have to make Batman a main character in a movie that has to close off a trilogy where one of the movies is one of the highest grossing movies of all time. And how do I do that? They already gave me all my money to make Inception, so I have to do this. And that's why it's almost three hours long. That's why it's so fucking overwritten. That's why David Goyer dropped out and Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan started writing it. It's just, you could never top all that. Yeah. And now we have this movie that just feels like a clusterfuck when it shouldn't. And it's super fucking sad because it should really feel like, it should feel like our last crusade and not our Return of the Jedi. It should feel like a nice good plop yeah top end of a trilogy and not just this thing that's kind of thrown on the end to tie everything up they had all the things they needed they had money they had all the actors they needed you got Marion Cotillard you got Tom Hardy all the ingredients all the ingredients in the soup are good they're there it's just like somehow they fucked up making it fucked it up and that's the saddest thing about the movie yeah I, that's that's that was my sentiment exactly. I can't say it any better than that. That's my sentiment exactly. Is at the end of this movie, even on the my now third time seeing it, and like you know, we saw Dark Knight like a thousand times between all of us. By the end of this movie, I, I'm just kind of upset by by just what it is, and then knowing what's on the horizon for Batman, in terms of because you know to keep in mind during this time when uh, Dark Knight Rises comes out, just to give a little glimmer of hope, much like Batman likes to give us. The movies on the horizon are not the best in the franchise. We haven't seen Justice League yet. It's not that good. Oh, we got a good Batman movie coming if they can squeeze it out. (laughs) There's a lot going on there, too. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. But the thing is, you know, there are these amazing series of video games coming out. A C-section on that, baby. Get that one out. 
Oof. That's a brutal allegory, but I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not arguing with you. Dude, but, um, you know, there's naturally. there's amazing, there's still amazing Batman graphic novels coming out. Like, uh, at, during this time, we get the kind of, like, DC, I don't, I'm not sure if it's called Rebirth, or the New 52 starts coming out. Some really amazing Batman stories. Do you think stories. we're going to get, like a, like, a film version of that? No. Uh, I think in a way they, they could pull from that. I think all their ducks are in such a straight row where they're like, sucks. we can't, we can't just. I'm not sure. We can't what, stop. You know, DC, the train has to go somewhere. But the thing is, like the video, you know, the Arkham Knight video games we've talked about so much are coming out around this time. Like Batman, in terms of being in theaters, is in a bleak time coming up. But there's great Batman happening. There's always great Batman. I happening again. I've said this before. I love Ben Affleck's Batman. I really do. We will get into it because I also, I, I don't know if I love it, but I definitely don't hate it. It's not the worst part of that movie. Really cool. Probably the best part of that movie, honestly. That's the whole thing. It's gotta be. We gotta see it. We gotta see it. Batman versus Superman is a Batman movie at its core. Well, Batman's first in the title. We're saving it. We gotta say, I don't know, I'm not gonna dive any more into that. We gotta save it. Um, yeah. This movie still made a billion dollars. So, how about that? Still made a billion dollars. Um, thank you again so much for listening to Battering. When we come back, we're gonna do uh, Batman for Superman. It's gonna be a good episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Battering. Uh, please, if you have not listened to the other episodes of Battering, uh, check them out. You don't have to listen to this podcast in order. Just if you see a Batman, just listen to that. Uh, also. Go on storiesfrombeacon.com to, if you go on the website, you're going to find a whole bunch of articles about really cool movies that are coming out right now, movies that have been out, retrospectives, things like that. Uh, I have an article about Get Out that I wrote for October. For That's the... a phenomenal article, by the way. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You that. have no right to write an article like that as a white man. That is also true. And uh, Jack also wrote a really great article about The Invitation, and uh, your friend... Brian, Which, by the way, you have no right to write an article like that, especially as a, as a white person man. That's yeah. Never invited to things, uh, yeah, and no. you're and you let me do that. That's your fault. Your friend uh, Brian also wrote an article about child's play. Correct? He did, and my you... really good friend, who is one of the most sexy people, he's a sexy people. Does he listen to this podcast? He's horrible, so he doesn't. He's a <laughs> devastatingly horribly sexy person. He's so named sexy. Named Brian Bernard Murnane. He uh, watched all the child's play movies. Uh, to be able died. to write an article <laughs> just on the first Child's Play. Wow. Oh, and uh, they were like, <laughs> sprinkle little tiny things in there about the franchise as a whole and Charles Lee Ray as a, an actual fun 80s serial killer instead of just Chucky in the first movie. So you can find that on StoryScreenBeacon.com yeah, as well. Yeah, check it out. So, Did you yeah. to Chucky yet? Not yet. I'm watching it tomorrow, actually. Sick. Okay. Uh yeah, we're actually recording this on the e- it's actually Halloween right now. So Is it Halloween right it's now? Halloween. Oh, it is Halloween. Happy right Halloween, now. guys. Happy Halloween. Halloween, Halloween. So yeah, if uh you know, if you're listening to this after Halloween, you still have the Halloween spirit, check out those articles. Um or if you just like horror stuff, check out that shit too. Thank you so much for listening. Uh we'll see you next time with some BVS and stay tuned. Bye. Bye.
I'm going to do one more take of that. And, oh, actually, I'm getting a phone call. So this will be fun radio. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. Are you outside? All right, give me one second. I'm trying to record something real quick. I'll be outside in a second. All right, cool. Bye. Sorry, Burge. All right. Let's do one more take. And I'll try and do it better. And this is all you're going to get. So there you go. What if, before she died, she wrote a letter saying she chose Harvey Dent over you? And what if, to spare you the pain, I burnt that letter? How dare you use Rachel to try and stab me? I'm using the truth, Master Wayne. Maybe it's time we all stop trying to outsmart the truth and let it have its day. I'm sorry. You're sorry? You expect to destroy my world and then think we're going to shake hands? No. No. I know what this means. What does it mean? It means your hatred. And it also means losing someone that I have cared for since I first heard his cries echo through this house. But it, but it might also mean saving your life. And that is more important. Goodbye, Alfred.